Hi, everybody. Welcome in Sports Talk Chicago. Great to see all of you here with us on YouTube Live. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Across all of our great radio and TV affiliates this week, WKAN in Kankakee, 105.5 The Ticket, ACTV, Cities 92.9 FM, WJOB and Jed TV. My name is John Zaglul. John Meadows is directing and producing. Wow, we get a lot to discuss here tonight. Uh, some reports have come out about Matt Eberflus. He is losing confidence from players in the locker room. That's pretty scary. Is Justin Fields really the guy? We're going to have an evaluation and talk about what he's done so far this season and what's to come. Plus, an old friend alert, Matt Nagy, in trouble, ruffling feathers in Kansas City. Go figure. We're going to discuss all of that and more. We're so excited to have all of you here with us. Uh, Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago on social media. Make sure you hit up our great sponsors, Amish Country Farms. Hit up these great radio and TV affiliates that I just mentioned. You can listen to the podcast at sportstalkchicago.com. Really happy to be here and just want to make sure I mention this too. I don't sound 100% battling a little bit of a head cold but we are here we're like the we're like the mailmen right we're like the postmasters we never take off rain sleet snow sickness we're always going to be here so we are happy to be here and happy to spend some time with all of you on this beautiful evening talking bears football talking football and talking chicago sports all across the stc syndication network so in case you're living under a rock the bears did win Monday night, it was excruciatingly painful to watch, but they did win. The narrative, as I mentioned in my game recap video yesterday, is already being written. Hey, the Bears won, and Justin Fields led them to a game-winning drive. Yes! Yes, he did. We are going to conveniently forget about the two fumbles. We're going to conveniently forget about anything else that went wrong that night. We are just going to fixate on the fact that he threw a 30-yard pass to DJ Moore, which should be routine, to put the Bears in field goal range to win. That's all that happened, folks. Nothing else happened on that evening. We're not going to talk about the fact that the Bears never scored one touchdown. We're not going to talk about bad play calling from Lugetsi. A win's a win, right? That's all we should be concerned about. Here's a stat from The Athletic, and John Meadows, my man here, sent me this this morning. The Bears are the only NFL team in the Super Bowl era to win a road game despite scoring no TDs, having 75-plus penalty yards, and losing multiple fumbles. Road teams were combined Oh, and 46. We're doing all that in a game before today, regular season and postseason. Oh, and 46, make it 1 and 47. The Bears are the exception. They make history the week before, losing in an unbelievable manner. Now they win in an unbelievable manner. What does that say about the Bears? Does that say that uh, they're elites, that they're so good that Justin Fields did it and overcame the odds? Not really. It just goes to show that somehow, some way, they won and they beat. Josh Dobbs, who's one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And Dobbs showed off his problems. I have a couple of articles I want to read off here. A couple of quotes I got. Now, this is from Windy City Gridiron. And the title of the article is, Sometimes when you win, you really lose. Uh Uh-oh. We're not allowed to talk about that here? Here's what the article ends up saying. This is more of a column. I love that Fields came back. I love that he won the game. I love it for Fields. He needed that. He should feel good. And I want him to be a successful NFL QB. But in reality, what Fields did was lose another game to show definitively that he's the man. His overall performance, zero TDs with two turnovers, cannot be considered a wild success. Lukacic's game plan certainly did him no favors. But based on Fields' first-half performance in the previous Vikings game and the game plan for this one, 
Gatsy clearly didn't think Fields could handle reading and reacting to Brian Flores' blitz scheme. The plan was clearly to get the ball out to the sidelines and away from the blitzes. Could Fields have performed better if given the opportunity? Perhaps, but we'll never know. Here's the key from that entire snippet I read. Fields' overall performance, which people are tending to forget, zero touchdowns and two turnovers, two fumbles in the fourth quarter in crunch time, cannot, keyboard, cannot be considered a wild success. Nope, it can't be. I want to go to Justin Fields' season stats, too. I know people don't like hearing about numbers that contradict uh, their perceptions, right? Justin Fields so far this season, 1,600 passing yards in eight games, 12 touchdowns and six picks, 92 passer rating. He's averaging 198 yards per game. That is actually a career high to his credit. He's been sacked 29 times. He has a 64% completion percentage. And as far as rush of the football, he's at 400 yards. A little bit modest compared to last year, but still averaging five yards per carry, which is nice to see. Fields, though, with the six picks plus a plethora of fumbles, you have to wonder, how are we feeling about his ability to be a franchise guy? Five fumbles officially on this season, or I'm sorry, seven fumbles for Fields officially. He's fifth in the league. So seven fumbles plus the six picks. What do we think about that? And why is everybody making continuous excuses for his poor performance? Why is everybody continuing to stick up for somebody who just cannot get the job done? And This is not a hate piece on fields, despite everybody's comments, which I see. It's just the plain facts of the matter. I mean, you tell me when in the past somebody like Jay Cutler made a mistake or Mitch Trubisky, oh, don't. Sorry, can't mention his name. Sorry, let's go back to somebody else. Matt Barkley, right? Nick Bowles, Andy Dalton. When they made mistakes, we held them accountable, right? We were clamoring. I shouldn't say we. You were clamoring to rush in Justin Fields under Matt Nagy and take Andy Dalton out. And obviously, Fields had a really tough go at it in the beginning. Matt Nagy certainly sabotaged him, and he was fired. But the point is... I would have rather seen Fields sit that first season. He didn't, and the rest is history. My point being, my point being, why are we making excuses for Justin Fields, and why didn't we do it before? That's my question. Why do we decide today to make excuses for somebody like Fields when in the past rookie quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, you name it, never got these free passes time and time again? How does that make sense? I'm not impressed with how Fields played on Sunday. I'm not going to consider it a huge and wild success. No. The Bears won in spite of Justin Fields, and that's a fact. It doesn't mean that I hate him or that he's bad or that this is personal. It's just the truth. How else do you characterize what occurred in that fourth quarter? How else do you characterize two fumbles in a game in which the Bears were trailing in the fourth with less than 10 minutes to go? You cannot justify to me that it was a great game, that things got better, that he looked good. He sucked. It was a bad game. 
and he was lifted up, fortunately, due to Josh Dobbs and his inability to be a quarterback. And the fact that the defense showed up to play and limited again Josh Dobbs. And I want to say this, too, and you can all agree or disagree, if Kirk Cousins started that game, the Bears would have gotten their asses kicked. And that's a fact, too. Kirk Cousins would have whipped their ass. Cousins would have had a perfect game in completion percentage terms. Probably 85-90% completion percentage. Thrown for 300 yards, maybe one pick, three touchdowns, and a big Vikings win. That's what would have happened. Think about this. It was that close, and the Bears were trailing for a while in that game. And they scored no touchdowns, all field goals. It was bad. But don't worry, a win's a win, right? Fields won the game, so we could just disregard everything else that occurred. Let's just be happy that the Bears barely won and defied all odds in doing so. They defied all odds. That must mean they're good. That must mean that's what great teams do. They defy the odds. So the Bears are a great team, right? More logical fallacies being spewed from the masses. This was a bad game. And as a Justin Fields evaluator, as a football evaluator, not as a fanboy, not as a fanalist, not as anybody else, as an evaluator, an impartial judge and jury, I am not impressed with what I see. And I was not impressed with what I saw. <sighs> Luke Gatsy didn't help, screen after screen after screen, but then again... As it was mentioned in that article, which I liked, from Witty City Gridiron, why did the Bears do screen after screen, or why were all these passes short? Well, because Justin Fields ran into a couple of sacks on, on Monday. That's a fact. We saw it. We mentioned it on the broadcast, and he continues to do so. He doesn't have the ability to just get rid of the football. He had a lot of time in the pocket, too. He got sacked a couple of times. He got beat up, but there were other times where he took five, six seconds to roll around, roll out, look around, finally throw it. The goal was to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible, knowing there's a blitz. Now, is a screen the best way to do that? Not necessarily. Should he have lined up more in shotgun? Probably so. Luke Getze's just as much to blame. But... I understand the thought process. I'm not defending how he did, but I understand why they tried or attempted to do what they did. I get it. Justin Fields can't handle the blitz. Justin Fields can't handle the pressure. And when he gets time, he usually runs into a sack or hands a couple of yards on the ground. People don't want to hear this. I'm aware. It's not a popular message I'm spewing here on this program. The other question is this, and I'm going to bring this up every single week, and you're going to get sick and tired of hearing about it. Based on that performance, would you give Justin Fields $200 million? Anybody raising their hands? I didn't think so. Some people might be. Sorry, fanboys might be. But the fact is, I would not give Justin Fields $200 million here. And whether you like it or not, unfortunately, the NFL's a business. Every sport's a business. Justin's uh, finishing up his third year, right? There's two more years to go in his rookie contract. After this year, extension talks, preliminary ones, could occur. If not after this year, then certainly after next year. At minimum, this offseason, the Bears may decide whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option, right? And they may do so. Or they may not. I don't know. But 
that's at minimum what's going to be happening this offseason in terms of Justin Fields and his future and a potential payday. The Bears will have to make a decision right now or at the end of this year whether or not he's good enough to be picked up for a fifth-year option. That in and of itself is going to be a serious question. Then the second part of that question is going to be, maybe that happens this offseason, if not the next one. Okay, we picked up his fifth-year option. Now, how much is he going to want and how much are we willing to pay him? And that is a very difficult question. Because the answer to me right now is an NFL average, a minimum salary. He's not deserving of Deshaun Watson money, Lamar Jackson money, Dak Prescott money, Kyler Murray money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what he's going to want. And I don't blame him for asking for the world. That's the market rate for quarterbacks, even Daniel Jones money. Daniel Jones shouldn't have gotten paid, but the Giants made a big mistake. Now they're stuck with that contract. Daniel Jones, in similar stance to Mitch Trubisky, one got paid $40 million, one's riding the bench in Pittsburgh, and one got run out of town in Chicago. So again, I ask all of you to please consider this instead of just going on Twitter or coming on here and yelling and saying Justin Fields is great. Okay, maybe he is great. Maybe you think he is. That's fine. That's an opinion. Now what? We could all say he's great. We could say I like this, I like that, I didn't like this. But now what? The fact is it's a business. The fact is he's going to want money. The fact is the Bears have two picks inside the top five. That's the fact. And for Ryan Poles, as a GM, who is probably going to stay, although he shouldn't either, but he'll stay, the question for him is going to be, do I get a chance to pick my quarterback? Now, I will say this, Ryan Poles consented to Justin Fields being his quarterback because Poles could have come in and said, I don't want Justin Fields here. He didn't do that. So by virtue of default, if you will, although Poles didn't draft Fields, He consented to keeping him, so he's had a quarterback, but now he's going to get one more chance or one first chance to draft somebody. The question is, will Ryan Poles draft somebody? Well, what do you think? That Eberflus is probably going to be gone. That's somebody Poles hired, so that's strike one on him. He can't screw up the quarterback or else he's really going to be in trouble. Probably going to get fired himself in a couple of years. He is going to look out for his best interest, and his best interest is, right now, to draft a quarterback. It is in Ryan Poles' best interest in terms of survival and in terms of his future in Chicago to draft somebody. Maybe Justin Fields goes somewhere else and lights it up. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. I could see him. Maybe he goes to Atlanta like the big rumor is or another quarterback needy team. I'd love to actually see him in New York with Brian Dable, but I know they're paying Daniel Jones. Maybe the Jets, I don't know. Maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. Whatever, whatever, Whatever the case may be, the point is A mutual parting of ways may be the best option here. I don't think Justin Fields is it in Chicago. He could be somewhere else, and I wish him all the best. That's awesome. Don't think he's it here. What makes it even worse or more difficult is that the Bears have draft picks and they have to make a decision about money. See, if Justin Fields was in his second year doing this, if this was last year, I could say, well, you know what? We're still going to have to ride it out because he has three more years on his contract if they pick up the option. But now, after this third season, as of today, he only has one more year unless they pick up the fifth-year option. But they're in a unique situation with two top picks, with, you know, money that may or may not need to be spent. 
pretty similar to Josh Rosen and then Kyler Murray in Arizona. Now, they might be regretting that. I don't really know. I mean, Rosen was bad, but Murray's bad too. The, the point is, it seemed unpopular. It seemed like a raw deal. But in the end, just after drafting Josh Rosen, they drafted Kyler Murray and said goodbye to Josh Rosen. You could even argue the Bears did the same thing with Mitch. 2017, they trade up, they draft Mitch. And then by 2020, 2021, they trade up and take fields. So this is not controversial or something out of the blue, too. Oh, we got a raw deal. No, no. This happens all the time. Because at the end of the day, teams want to win. And right now, this Bears team isn't winning. You can point to many different reasons why they're not winning. Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, Ryan Pauls, the personnel, effort, play, off-the-field stuff. All of these things can be put together to explain and um, make sense of the Bears' 4-8 and record. There's no doubt about it. But Justin Fields also has not necessarily helped himself. And that's a fact. Justin Fields has not helped himself. He's played okay football. Some people will twist the numbers and say he's played great. He's played fine. Okay. Has he played good enough to earn $200 million, though? That's the one question I never hear anybody ask. Nobody ever asks, well, maybe nobody brings that up. Why does nobody bring that up? We talk about, oh, I like this, I like that. Wow, he was great at this moment. Has he done enough to make $200 million? The answer is no. So at that point, when you have two top five picks, top ten picks at minimum, maybe top five, and an opportunity to draft another quarterback or even sign somebody to a one-year deal for cheap, I don't know. It's going to be a big decision for the Bears and a big decision for Ryan Poles. And I think Poles is certainly going to be worried about his job, and Matt Eberflus may not even be here. So at that point, you got to ask yourself that too. And if the Bears hire a new head coach, I'm sorry, there's no way Fields is staying. No way he's staying. He's not going to survive a third coach. No quarterback does, including him. I don't know. I don't see it out of Justin Fields. I didn't see it earlier this year because he really did bad in the beginning of the year. I don't see it now. You could blame play calling, and that's certainly a part of it. But, you see, fumbling is not play calling. Fumbling's fumbling. Holding on to the football is not play calling. It's called holding on to the football. He makes mistakes on his own that has nothing to do with play calling. Those are on him, just like it was with Mitch. Interceptions, fumbles, gone. Same thing. So we could sit here and debate play calling and talk about situations and issues, but I'll tell you what, okay, fumbling is a big part of that too. That's on him. We'll see what the Bears do. Right up near uh, up near a break. We're going to be right back here on Sports Talk Chicago. Stay with us for more Bears coverage.